today on the Arts Report. Mythic multimedia theater noir at the Stanley called Tear the Curtain. Rodney D. Crew with his double album Queen Mary Trash performs in studio. The Gaslight Anthem talk about their album American Slang. Fringe favorite D. Roten Puncta and Square Dancing. Those free tickets. Stay with us. And welcome to the Arts Report for Wednesday, September the 8th. I am your host, Adam Janusz. You are listening to us at uh, CITR.ca. That's our website, as well as the old way, uh, the old radio uh, frequency way at 101.9 FM. We're also available as a podcast, and uh, and we're on Twitter, too. So that's how technological we are. We are called CITR underscore Arts Report, with, of course, the at sign in front of that. Um, and uh, this is exciting news. We we have a post up on the blog. It's at citr.ca. There is a post uh, that uh, gives you a rundown of all of the features that we have on today's show and links to the relevant uh, websites um, for all the content on today's show, which is very exciting. We've learned how to blog at the Arts Report. We're, so we're steadily getting into the 21st century. It's impressive. Um, okay, so uh, on today's show, let me tell you what we have. Uh, there's an incredible multimedia project going on at the Stanley Theatre that starts uh, tomorrow, I believe. It's called Tear the Curtain, and it's a co-production with the Arts Club and uh, the Electric Company. And uh, basically what they're doing is they're, they're doing a sort of film noir genre uh, re-mythological telling of the, of the history of the Stanley, the, the beginnings of the Stanley Theatre. Um, not exactly 100% accurate, but, uh, but very entertaining. And uh, there's a trailer um, for the play. Yes, that's right, you heard correctly. There's a trailer for a play um, that you can see at citr.ca. Like I said, it's we, we blogged. We blogged and we we had a, a YouTube, um, what do you call it, widget? No, uh, insert, uh, I don't know the word. But we have, uh, you can see the actual clip uh, right on our website. Um, by the way, if you're hearing a noise in the background, that's not because I've forgotten to shut the door, as I often do on the Arts Report. It's um, it's actually because uh, we're doing an open house here at CITR. We've opened our doors, all of them, and allowed um, UBC students uh, starting out the new semester and anybody else who's keen to come to the studio and, um, and get a tour and meet us and find out how they can get involved uh, with the station. So, uh, so if you're around the uh, UBC campus and uh, looking for something to do, you should uh, come on down. We're we're doing the open house until 7 p.m. tonight, so you're very welcome. Come uh, come yell at me, come harass me, and uh, all the other folks at uh, at CITR, and find out how you can get involved because we're certainly looking for more volunteers. Anyway, where was I? Yes, we also have uh, Rodney D. Crew, who is uh, has a double album coming out uh, called Queen Mary Trash, and he came into the studio, performed an acoustic uh, version of the song Queen Mary Trash, how appropriate, and uh, we'll feature that on the show. We also have the Gaslight Anthem, which are uh, steadily, risingly successful rockers from New Jersey, who often get compared to uh, Bruce Springsteen. Uh, their their album uh, their album American Slang has been ripping up uh, the indie charts all over North America, and uh, they'll be here at UBC for the Welcome Back uh, Barbecue, which is uh, tomorrow, as well as the Commodore. So uh, they'll be doing two shows uh, in the Vancouver area, and we chatted with them 
about um, about a lot of things, the album, how they how they how it came together, and we also touched on this is sorry Ben Horowitz uh, of the band. We also touched on uh, how he has a theory that being in a band helps him be. Uh, uh, in relationships better. It helps him be a better boyfriend. So we'll find out how that is possible. Uh, and uh, it just goes on. Man, we've got a really packed show. Luckily, we have a bit of extra time. Yes, we did start a bit late. Sorry about that. But uh, we have a bit of extra time at the other end. So we'll go past 6 o'clock uh, to make up for it and then some because we're just crammed with content. We also have uh, Die Roten Punkte. If you've ever been to the Fringe Festival, you may have heard of these guys and you may have even seen this amazing uh, German punk Supergroup. Uh, they are a fringe favorite. Uh, they've already been picked as uh, the pick of the fringe, the best of the fringe in uh, in Winnipeg a few weeks ago. And um, they are back in Vancouver uh, starting this uh, this weekend uh, at the Fringe Festival. And uh, they came into our studios today and uh, and we chatted about their their latest album, their new show, and uh, and we talked about my shoes. Yes. Stay tuned to hear what the heck that even means. And uh, and to, if that wasn't enough, we'll also have square dancing. Yes, take your partner and do-si-do because uh, the Kulch is having a square dance party. That's right, a square dance party. They're going to set up uh, a platform in the seating area of their theater and uh, people will be on the stage uh, dancing it up. So we'll get the uh, the scoop on that. So huge, huge program. Um, uh, oh, and uh, not to not to forget, but we have free tickets to give away as well to a show. This is uh, Friday night. Um, we are featuring uh, Free City Collective, and we have a pair of tickets for Friday night's uh, show. And uh, we'll give you more details about that. Um, and of course, we'll give those tickets away. So. Uh, so much happening uh, th that I just cannot contain myself. So we're going to have to begin uh, now. So um, first off, first on the docket, we have Tear the Curtain. As I said, it's a multimedia mix of theater and film, a very slick, professionally made um, film, uh, courtesy of Brian Johnson, who is a friend of the Arts Report. Uh, he was, a, a few months ago, was on the show for a documentary that he made. He partnered up with the Electric Company and the Arts Club to make uh, their extravaganza um, theater, theater noir, as I like to call it, extravaganza, and that's going to be at the Stanley uh, Theater uh, now, basically, for, for a run. So uh, I talked to Dawn Petten, who is uh, in the cast, and she filled us in on all the details. Have a listen. So, Don Petten, thanks for being on the Arts Report today. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for hosting me. So, you are a UBC grad. I am. I did my uh, BFA in acting theater at UBC, and I graduated in 97. So, I've been working as a professional actor since then. Awesome. And tell us about the role you play in Tear the Curtain. So, I play Mavis, who um, the lead, uh, the story focuses around this lead character named Alex Braithwaite, who's played by Jonathan Young, and he is a theater critic in the show. So I play Mavis, who is his secretary, his personal assistant, and who is absolutely head over heels in love with him. So I'm sort of the girl Friday. The, the show is sort of has film noir archetypes, takes place in the 1930s. So I'm sort of the girl Friday all around helper to his detective work. Um, and as he goes through a lot of sort of chaos, I'm his heart on the outside that, that really grounds him and, and the one person he can trust as he goes through a lot of 
some crazy stuff. Yeah, so uh, you, you've touched on a bit of the, the plot. Give us a, a quick idea of what uh, what the show is about. Mm -hmm. So focusing around Alex Braithwaite, he sort of has a crisis. He has a moment in watching a theater show. and, and the He's a theater is, critic, right? He's a theater critic. And the play is a little bit um, the mythic history of the actual Stanley Theater where the play takes place. Mythic. That's right. <laughs> so they've created a myth around the opening of it. So the Stanley Theater in reality used to be a vaudeville theater. And then it opened up as uh, as a movie house, and so our play incorporates that moment in time um, when it's uh, Lillian Gish, her first talkie, premiered the Stanley Theater when it opened as a cinema, and now, as we know, it's now a theater. So the show sort of imagines what leads up to that time when it opens as a cinema house. Um, and so the, the show is around this theater critic who has this kind of visceral moment watching a theater show, um, and he has a moment of crisis, and so he wrestles with what is authentic? What have I lost in my passion and in my art? What about me is not real? Um, and so he sort of goes on uh, the hero's journey of trying to find mm. through chaos of um, authenticity and how do you create real art? Interesting. Um, you say that uh, it takes place during a time when there's sort of a transition from uh, live theater to the sort of dominance of film. Um, the film, uh, sorry, the play um, sort of uh, brings it full circle with with, with the incorporation of um, of uh, film? That's exactly right. <laughs> Tell me about that. Yeah, so the, the play, um, part of the plot is there is sort of um, a vying for property and audience between the major theater mogul in town, um, who is uh, Pat Dugan, played by Gerald Plunkett, and then Tom Macbeth plays uh, sort of the, the mafia boss who runs all the cinemas in town. So they sort of have it out in the play. And while that sort of argument is going on between them, and in that time between theater and film, that's what's happening in the play. So half of the play is actually cinema. We filmed all of February, um, and we had a professional film crew, so the film stuff looks amazing. Mm. Brian Johnson was the director of photography and the uh, cameraman, and he's brilliant. Yeah, Brian's and, been on, uh, on the oh, Earth right. Report before. Yeah. yeah, he is brilliant. And when you see the, the, the film clips, they're just amazing. It's so film noir and the mm. lighting and the... Everything is amazing about it. And so half of the play is on film and half of it is live theater. So that juxtaposition and you can sort of see um, it's used in unique ways. It's not like you're, the audience isn't going to watch some movie and then they watch live action. It's mm. really integrated. Mm. So, for example, you might see a character in the window of his room and then you see inside the room on the screen. Mm. Or um, there's a moment where I run off into the wings so you see me live on stage and then you see what happens in the wings. Uh -huh. So it's really integrated mm. um, and so you is that is that an important thing to to not just uh, you know not give the impression to the audience like just sit down and watch a film now is is there something um, about that integration that sort of helps the the audience member yeah, well, it's, what's been interesting is through rehearsals and now us having moved into the theater in the last couple of days um, is how do you make that transition? So I, as a theater person, I see way more theater than film. Um, I found when we were in rehearsals, there's a part of me that when the cinema comes up, I sit back. Yeah. And there's a part of me that sits forward when people are live because that's what I connect to. But for one of the other actors, he talked about it was a bit the opposite for him because he's more of a film actor. Ah. So um, we have looked at how that flow is. So in the rehearsal hall for example we notice that the film has more of sort of a gentle momentum mm -hmm. you sort of ease into scenes and ease out mm -hmm. and we as theater actors were finding when we got to the live scenes we pump it up off the top mm -hmm. in order to be like okay now we're 
here. And even though we're not, we're no longer 20 feet tall, as you saw on the screen, we're only our normal heights. Um, but that actually didn't work. So in rehearsal hall, we found we had to kind of ease into the scenes to keep that same languidness. But yet when we moved into the theater, because you have the huge, huge screen of the film acting, again, we found we've had to bump it up. So it's been really interesting to find how you marry those worlds and super exciting. Mm -hmm. So um, has the show started? It's already begun no, the run? We, we have um, a dress rehearsal tonight and tomorrow uh -huh. we start previews and we open next Wednesday. Uh -huh. So it does feel with this one, it's such a unique show. The Electric Company is one of the best theater companies in, in all of Canada. And it, this is one where I think, oh, this is theatrical history making. It's really unique. It's so exciting. It's such a, it's quite a complex story. It's a thriller. Um, that opening night is gonna be one of those special ones. There are moments that make me gasp, scenes that, you know, if I can sneak in and watch when I'm not on stage that are really amazing and visceral reactions. And moments just that, you know, my favorite moments of being a, a theater audience member are ones that's like having a, a glass of water thrown across your face. It's like a visceral reaction, and I think there's lots of moments in this. There's moments in the film where it's so vivid. I was unsure the first time we saw, the, saw it whether it was real. Wow. or on video. So I think the audience gets to go on this great trip of these worlds moving in and out in this sort of thriller. It's suspenseful. It's highly entertaining. Um, so it does feel like, gosh, as we, we have our first audience tomorrow night, and that will be a wild trip. All right. We'll break legs. Thank you so much. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. I forgot to edit that out where I say, good job. That was a great interview. Ooh, embarrassing. Uh, okay, so that was Don Petten. And um, let me tell you, uh, the show begins tomorrow, and it will run until October the 10th. And this is at the Stanley Industrial Alliance uh, stage, which is on Granville at 12th uh, in Vancouver. And if you want to get more information uh, about the show and to get tickets, the best place to go is the Arts Club. That's www.theartsclub.com. As I said, you can see the trailer for the play uh, at our website, citr.ca, and get information on um, on this uh, feature and all the other features we have on the, on today's show. They all have links uh, from our page at citr.ca. Um, all right, so we're going to take a quick break, and uh, when we come back, we will speak to Rodney D. Crew who has worked on a double album, two for the price of one, and uh, he's doing a launch party tomorrow at uh, the Wise Hall. And um, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk to him, and then later in the show we will um, listen to a lovely acoustic performance of um, the song Queen Mary Trash as well. Stay with us because uh, after the interview, uh, that's after the break, we will give away tickets to the Free City Collective show on a Friday night. So um, stay with us. Um, I should probably have the ad ready. <laughs> I don't. So let me tell you um, that... We are doing an open house today. That's why you're hearing all the noise in the background. Uh, the open house uh, goes on until 7 p.m., and we have uh, people getting tours in the station. Um, I've been uh, told that uh, people might be thrown into the studio and go on air. So far, nobody has come into uh, to the actual uh, studio and uh, wanted to be on air. They're, they're shy a little, maybe, but uh, we might hear from some, some visitors later on. All right, I've got that ad ready, so uh, stay with us. We'll ha have Rodney D. Crew after the break. 
radio show. It's clean, fresh, and served fresh in the peak of its flavor. If you're a tough customer, only the taste of this radio show will do. So go ahead. Let Dunkin' Donuts make your radio experience exquisite. Indeed. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts, serving sweet treats from the pop underground. Thursdays, noon to one. And we're back on the Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM and CITR.ca. So Rodney D. Crew has come out with a double album called Queen Mary Trash. And um, he did the entire thing in, in a day. I think it was five hours, I think he says uh, in the interview. It's an amazing marathon sesh of music that he's, uh, he's done. And uh, as you'll hear in our interview, uh, Rodney... Um, compares building an album to, to building a house, and he hopes that, uh, that he can build a lovely house for all of us to come visit. Uh, yeah. All right, so tell me about um, Queen Mary Trash. Why a double album? Well, you know, I had a lot of... Um, I'm kind of a obsessive, compulsive personality. <laughs> so, you know, like, and I obsess on songs. So I write a lot. And uh, I had a backlog of material, and... Uh, the band and I went into that. We had five days uh, recording that we set aside to record at a friend's house, and uh, it was just really going well. We just, you know, we recorded 32 songs in in, in or 34 songs in five days. Oh my God! Yeah, well, we play session. everything live, right? Like we do it all. Yeah, I mean, but you know, I don't. I'm a little bit older. I'm 40, <laughs> and you know, like I just at that age. You know, I don't know. It's like. It just you comes don't naturally. Get, no, it's just it's just that when you get a chance to do something you really like to do, yeah. you know, you just get in the you zone. just get in the zone and do it. Mm. You know what I mean? Like mm. you know, so we had five days to just hang out at a buddy's house and 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 record. And you know, I'm not real fussy. Like I'm not one of those people. I like a live raw sound. Mm -hmm. And so most of the record was recorded live in 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 my friend Brian's living room. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, I, you know, I, I just originally I was only going to put out ten songs, mm -hmm. but as we listened to it, we went, you know what? This we've got none, none of this seem, seems to be filler, and mm -hmm. I've always liked the idea of doing a double album. I mean, you know, why not? Why not? Um, in 2006, you had an al album, War Torn Man, mm -hmm. and that was uh, sort of around the theme of your father. Yeah, that was a live record that we recorded at the Sidetrack in Edmonton, mm -hmm. and uh, that was an album that I dedicated to my father. Um, he had fought in Vietnam. I, I come from the States. I grew up in Pennsylvania and mm -hmm. South Carolina. and. Uh, so I wrote that album, the song War Torn Man was directly for my father. But a lot of the album was set in Pennsylvania, stories about that place. And, mm -hmm. you know, mm. uh, he died last year in Austin, Texas. He mm. died from uh, cancer and his body was riddled with it. And the doctors say they thought it was caused by Agent Orange. So oh, wow. Vietnam got him in the end. Got him in the end. Wow. Yeah. What about this album? What, uh, is there anything running, anything in particular running through it? That's a good question, Adam. I uh, not so much that there's a unifying theme. Um, it's bits and pieces. I mean, I I'm one of those songwriters. I I I, I don't really typically approach any pr one song or any group of songs with an idea of a theme. Okay. I just sit and write. Mm -hmm. And uh, but it's usually you know I'm kind of out of that tradition that you know John Prine or Towns or Steve Earle or 
or Bob Dylan or Neil Young, where they tend to write out of life experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so if there's a unifying thread in the album, it's just simply that it's it's bits and pieces of of a life lived. Mm-hmm. So you don't try when you're putting an album together. You don't try to sort of edit in the sense that you're you want a sort of narrative that you want it to to be a unified statement to well, tell a specific. Well, I do and I don't. You know, mm-hmm. like if it, if this makes any sense. I mean, I don't like the I don't like getting too especially in the writing process I don't like getting too cerebral about that mm-hmm. because I just want to sort of stay in that intuitive um, place mm-hmm. where I, I can write from because if I get if the critic gets fired up in the writing process right it'll kill it, the creativity yeah, yeah it really does but afterwards mm-hmm. after I have like a body of songs together right. then I'll, I'll just I'll play them and I'll listen to them I record them on a tape recorder back it's a fun my and I, I don't know why I have to do this stage is always done on a tape recorder because <laughs> I remember when I when the bass player our band joined because I had to get a new bass player a couple years ago and he asked me for some of the songs that we hadn't recorded yet and I gave him a cassette tape and, mm-hmm. and he, he said what am what I is this <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll record them all acoustically on, on cassette tapes, wow. and then I'll sit and listen, and I'll go, okay, I think that song doesn't fit with the rest of these, mm-hmm. so that one's off the table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then um, then I'll go in and we record them, cause, but it's more, even at this stage, it's kind of like they just feel like they go together. Mm-hmm. And I, I when I did this album, and like every other album, what I do is, is, you know, like in the sequencing is where you really, I mean, I want there to be a sense of sort of... Um, Maybe it's hard to put your finger on, but a sense of a narrative through, or a sense of uh, of, of something unfolding like that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, even if it's only emotionally. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you right. have a do you have a favorite? On this record, yeah. Oh God, well, there's just so many different. Is that like kind picking of... a favorite child sort of thing? Is well, that really you know, I, I don't want to get that precious about it, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I can. Um, I, it depends on my mood because there's a lot of different songs on the record, right? I mean, there's songs like "You Ain't No One," which is you know kind of. You know, when I walk into a bar in, in Rimby, Alberta to play a show and the first thing the bartender says to me is, Rodney, do who? Mm-hmm. You know, there's a band tonight. You know, that kind of that song kind of is my favorite. You know, uh, <laughs> if I'm if I'm uh, doing, you know, because Carolyn Mark is, is touring with us and she sang on the record. You know, my favorite song to do with Carolyn is, is Queen Mary Trash, which is which is about uh, waltz, country waltz. Right. Uh, so it varies in, on any given situation. But. I find that, you know, with the back to the question about, you know, like a unifying theme, mm-hmm. I just kind of pay attention to the individual song and then its relation to the next song. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, it's like when you're building a house, you pay, you don't, re- the architects sort of see the big picture, but when you're building a house, you just focus on one detail mm-hmm. at a time, you try to do it as well as you can, mm-hmm. and it kind of leads to the next. Mm-hmm. And and I kind of feel that way about writing, making an album. I just pay attention. I, I if I get too big picture, mm-hmm. I get lost. You get lost, yeah. Yeah, and if you know if I and if I pay attention to the details, hopefully I build a nice house, you know. And you're gonna want to come in and hang out. So whether uh, D Crew manages to shift one copy of Queen Mary Trash or one million nothing will ever blunt the significance of what he's achieved here. Do, oh do you yeah. Agree with that? Well, yeah, I do. I mean, I believe that. I believe I made a good record. I wouldn't have released it, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm proud of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I've done that, you know, because I'm not going to sell a million copies. I'm not going to sell ten thousand copies. You know, I'll probably sell a couple thousand copies like I usually do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's fine by me, you know. I mean, it'd be nice to make a little more money. I mean, we all would like that. But, you know, I mean, I have to. I mean, I'm 43 now, right? I'm not 22 anymore. I, I I've made a 
commitment to this, right? I mean, this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. And uh, that's fine by me. But, like, when you reach my age, you know, you start looking at, you know, and I never thought I would, but questions start coming to mind. Like, you know, where am I going to be in 10 years? I don't have any RRSPs. I don't own a house. You know, I, I, I just get by day to day playing music, right? And and uh, so I have to decide what has worth and what doesn't in my life and what has value. And what has value, it's really nice to get uh, great reviews. And it's really nice to get, uh, you know, last week, I guess the record charted here was number one. Uh, you know, and that's nice to see. That's really flattering. But you know what? That's gone in, in, in no time. And what do I have left? You know, I have the knowledge that I made a record that I'm proud of. And I'm, I got to go into a room with five guys who I really like and have played with for several years now. And we did something together. And uh, as hokey as that might sound, I have to stay focused on things like that, right? Because uh, or else I'll be obsessing about being 65, you know, living in an SRO on Hastings Street with like a stuffed cat, and <laughs> glass with dentures in it and a hot plate, you know what I mean? And bed bugs, you know, like, and I can't, I can't spend much time thinking about that. Mm. But you know what? Even if that's where I end up, it'll be all right, I'm sure. Lots of uh, inspiration there. Yeah, you know, I'll be that old guy singing songs about the bed bugs and... <laughs> The cat. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for coming in today. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. Okay. That was uh, Rodney D. Crew, and um, he's gonna have lots of inspiration to sing about bed bugs in the future, or not, because um, or not because uh, because his album is, um, or sorry, yeah, his uh, his album, or is it uh, the single? Uh, either one is um, is number one on the CITR charts uh, ahead of Arcade Fire. So maybe good things are coming his way. Uh, his show is uh, tomorrow at the Wise Hall at 9.30 p.m. And he's going to be on stage with his band, The Convictions. And he's also uh, going to have uh, Ivan Coyote, uh, who is an epic uh, storyteller who has a fourth uh, CD of uh, love stories. And uh, so there'll be some sort of storytelling component to the night of music, which should be really great fun. So check that out at the, uh, at the Wise Hall tomorrow at uh, 9.30 p.m. Uh, 37 songs in five in five days, not five hours. That's that would be really insane. But he recorded the the double album in five days. Yeah, that makes a lot more sense than five hours. What was I talking about? Um, and the quote, uh, there's a quote I read out there, and it wasn't very clear that I was suddenly reading a quote. Um, it's quite lovely. It's uh, it, this is part of the press kit that uh, I get sent, uh, part of part of uh, CD releases, and it says, "Those who already know his work will wring it dry of every last note." Uh, and expert turn of phrase, while hopefully those who don't will take the time to listen. Though whether D. Crew manages to shift one copy of Queen Mary Trash or one million, nothing will ever blunt the significance of what he's achieved here. Very well, very nicely written, very poetic, I think. Okay, so uh, we it is now the time to win some free tickets. That's right. Uh, let me put on some lovely music in the background here. The, this is ooh, this is Free City Collective, who uh, on their MySpace page just define themselves as indie rock western swing. I think that last one's a bit ironic. But uh, Free City Collective will be playing, um, let's see, on Friday. On Friday at uh, 8.30 p.m. And they are playing at The Forum on Granville Street. Um, let's see what it says. Um, this is from their Facebook page. Free City Collective, one of BC's most musical and energetic acts, are releasing their long-anticipated EP, Western Vulture, to the, to the 
the masses at this, their EP release party. So to celebrate the, the release party, they want to give you two free tickets to see the show. So uh, if you're interested, now is the time uh, to call. My number is 604-822-2487. That's 604-UBC-CITR. Uh, if you have a cell phone that doesn't have the, the keys um, with letters anymore, it's 604-822-2487. Call now. Chumbe, 
CITR 101.9 FM is proud to support the 8th Annual Vancouver Latin American Film Festival from September 2nd to September 12th. With dozens of films from all over Latin America, the festival brings dramas, documentaries, and social, historical, and political films to Vancouver. This year's festival focuses in on films from Colombia. Films are in Spanish or Portuguese with English subtitles. Visit www.vlaff.org for tickets and a full listing of films. Vancouver Latin American Film Festival, September 2nd to 12th. Hey, we're back on the Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM and CITR.ca. We're having an open house here at CITR. You can come visit us uh, until uh, 7, uh, 6, 7 p.m. today. Yeah, 7 p.m. today. I'm confused because at 7 we're also doing uh, a training, a training session for live broadcasting. So if you're somebody who uh, wants to get into radio and wants to learn how to be a live broadcaster, it's happening right after the, uh, the open house, which goes till 7, and then this kicks off at 7. Ah, yes. Um, okay. Uh, it's funny that we started late. It feels very festive here, but uh, we started late, so I have absolutely no idea how we're doing for time. It's uh, it's 5.50, and usually we'd be by the last segment by now, or I'd be just rambling off because uh, there's, there's a few minutes left and I've already played my segments. Um, but today is different. We are only, we're only getting started here. We have still have so much. Um, before the break, you heard uh, Free City Collective, which is releasing uh, their, their EP, which is called Western Vulture, and uh, we just gave some tickets away to Jim. Congratulations, uh, Jim. You'll be checking out the show on Friday night. It's at the Forum Sports Bar, which is on Granville Street downtown at Granville and uh, Davy, approximately, if Google Maps is correct, which it only sometimes is. I got lost at UBC the other day uh, because uh, Google Maps told me it was by Rec Beach when, in fact, it was by the Chan Center. So, thanks a lot. Google Maps. Okay, next we have uh, the Gaslight Anthem. This is a band from a town called New Brunswick, uh, New Jersey. They've been uh, compared to Bruce Springsteen, and Bruce Springsteen has even um, had them uh, perform with him on stage. Does that make sense? It does make sense. So when uh, Bruce Springsteen was doing um, a festival, he brought Gaslight Anthem up with him, and they performed a song together. They performed with their, their hero, and uh, vice versa. During a Gaslight Anthem uh, performance, Bruce Springsteen appeared out of nowhere, and they did a, a jam together. That must have been really cool to see. So I talked to Ben uh, Horowitz uh, when they were on the road somewhere in middle America, and uh, we chatted about um, American Slang, their new album, but uh, we actually got pretty deep into two things. One, we got into uh, sort of the art of touring and um, and sort of the skills a person needs to be a good tourer in a in a band, um, and then which naturally uh, or unnaturally, surprisingly, maybe surprisingly, um, led into. Ben saying that um, that it's being in a band and touring in a band has taught him to be a better boyfriend because you you learn all kinds of um, sort of you know negotiation skills and you know when to shut up and and when to just not say anything and and so um, those skills carry over. Um, yeah, that's all I have to say in introduction to this uh, interview. Other than um, you'll hear that it just um, it it, quite, it it starts rather um, abruptly. We don't. We, I didn't waste a lot of time to get this interview started because um, um, I, I started. Uh, so I have to confess that uh, I was late to call to call Ben on the road. And uh, in fact, the tour manager called me and was like, uh, "You're late for this interview," and was not impressed with me at all. So I was like, "Okay, well, let's just." 
Oh, well, let's get started. Please, please don't hang up on me. Uh, you guys do quite a bit of uh, touring. Can you tell me how long you're you, you're out right now since you since the last time you left home? Uh, I mean, essentially, like this touring cycle is running us from pretty much June when we left to the end of November. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's some limited time at home in between tours. Maybe like you know, two three days to a week in between tours. Um, but, you know, not really enough time to, like, get settled or get anything done. I typically don't even unpack my bag. Is that right? Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah, that cycle's running to the end. We're going to take a couple months off this winter, like December and January, and then February start back up again for probably about another six months. So I'm just curious what, what makes a good tour for you? What makes it uh, worthwhile or memorable? Uh, I mean, a lot, you know. Um a mix between, you know, like, playing good shows, uh, having, you know, good crowds, uh, having good experience, you know, while you're out, meeting new people, and, you know, touring is a, uh, an interesting world that's definitely hard to explain mm-hmm. unless you actually do it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, do you have to be a bit of a... a lot of weird, bizarre ups and downs, and it's, uh... It's always a ride. It's kind of always fun. Even when it's bad, it's sort of fun <laughs> just because of the adventure part of it, you know, and just getting through things. Um, and the bad ones usually have the best stories. The good ones you don't remember as much sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Do you, do you have to be a, a good, uh, do you have to be a sort of a nomad? Oh, yeah, for sure, man. There's definitely, like, I think a little bit of gypsy in all of us, like people who, <laughs> like people who do this full on and for a living. You definitely, you got to have that itch, man. I mean, I, I've toured with people where after three, four days of touring with them, just by being somebody who tours that much, I've said to myself, I'm pretty sure these people aren't going to make it. You know, some mm-hmm. people just don't have the right makeup. They appreciate, you know, stability and comfort and things like that too much. Um, where, you know, the road provides none of those things. Um, and it's kind of, you know, even at this stage, you know, things are pretty consistent now. You know, we travel on a bus. Most of the places aren't, like, a mystery as to what's going to happen. But you still need, like, you need to be ready for anything every day, mm-hmm. you know, kind of. And uh, I think that unnerves people a lot to the point of they don't want to do it. Even my mom used to always say that. She always said I was like part gypsy because I was always wandering around and kind of getting into stuff. And I think people who have that kind of attitude definitely have the the best makeup for touring, probably. Right. You can't be a really kind of stubborn person who's sort of set in their ways, right? Because anything can change in a moment. Well, I mean, you can, but you definitely have to learn how to adapt. Right. You know, and on top of that, somebody who's stubborn and unwilling to listen to other people um, usually doesn't fare well in a band environment anyway. I mean, a lot of this, you know, a lot of keeping a band together is kind of being like an amateur sociologist. You know, <laughs> you need to know, like, where you can go with certain people and certain compromises you have to make with certain people. It's like, it's honestly like having a relationship with with three other people all at once. Um I think the best bands are the ones that, uh, not the best bands, but the ones who, who stay the happiest mm-hmm. on the road are the ones who, you know, can communicate with each other and can do stuff like that. I know with our with our band, you know, we're typically the types of guys, like, if something is wrong, I mean, it's so apparently obvious that something is wrong. Um, 
like we all wear our hearts on our sleeves for the most part. So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's easy to you know when it's in your face like that to just find some sort of diplomatic solution or something like that, <laughs> rather than you know just holding it all down. And that's what then when you get big blow ups. Again, it's it's so similar to a relationship. It's just like having a girlfriend sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, certain things you can say, certain things you can't, and the longer and longer you do it, you understand it more and more. You know. Um, <laughs> I guess, I guess the question is, does being in a band help you uh, be in relationships better? Honestly, yeah, it does. Like, I think I understand the nature of compromise, picking and choosing your battles, when to shut up, when to speak up, you know, certain things like that. Yeah, you do get better at stuff like that. That also just comes with age, maybe, too, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, I definitely had a different kind of outlook and attitude, uh, you know, in like, you know, my late teens or something when I was touring than I do now. Let me ask you uh, about the album American Slang. I understand that it, it it sort of came together in a in a two month burst of creativity. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, for the most, I guess like the actual songs you're hearing did come out like that. I mean, I remember talking about the name of the record and overall themes and stuff like that. Not even long after Fifty Nine Sound came out. Um, and already, you know, like American Slang is out and we're already starting to think, you know, what happens next record and stuff like that. So I think, like, the ideas of the albums come, you know, through a very long process, like, where you try to really hone in on a particular feel or just what you're going for, you know? But um, the actual writing of the songs and construction of the songs, I mean, we... We wrote a couple songs when we were touring through 59 Sound Cycle that ended up not getting used. So anything you did here on the record was like written that winter, you know, right before we went went in to record. Essentially, we just um, took two weeks off after touring, and we had a friend down in Central Jersey who, him and his wife went to work every day, so they let us write the record in their basement while they're at work um which is pretty cool <laughs> and uh yeah and most most of it got done there you know sitting at a uh, kyle's house in Stairville, new jersey hmm. for last winter yeah i wonder um how much it weighs on you guys to when you're putting an album together and like you said you mentioned you know certain themes and you know it has a certain uh form and i wonder to what extent that that sort of weighs on you to you know sort of edit like which songs don't fit in which songs do fit in to what extent you know do you maintain your sound but at the same time um try new things but not try new things so much that you become you know you lose your sound how how much do you think about that stuff yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's a gray area, man. You know, <laughs> I think if everybody had the formula to that, everybody would write awesome records all the time. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, it's tricky. You know, it's tricky because you want to you want to hold on to your identity. You want to be who you are, but at the same time, you want to expand as musicians and expand as songwriters and do stuff like that. So yeah, there's a fine line of like trying to move ahead while holding on to what you are. Um, and I think it just comes down to like taste and personal preference in the end, you know, like what you deem acceptable and, you know, hopefully it's what like kids and critics and people like that will deem acceptable too, you know. Um, yeah, like I said, it's definitely not like a tried and tested formula, you know, there's no formula for this stuff. If there was, 
you know, major labels would still be making a shit ton of money. And, <laughs> you know, like, like nobody really has it all figured out, I would say. Although you guys seem to, seem to be uh, at least on the right track with the uh, success of this album, hey? What's that? Say that again, I'm sorry. Uh, it seems you guys uh, maybe don't have the formula, but at least are on the, on the right track with, uh, with the reception that American slang is getting. Yeah, yeah, no, it's been awesome, man, and and like you said, you know, there is, you know, a few songs that are pretty that are pretty in our comfort zone, you know, as far as what we're comfortable writing, and then there's a few songs on it where we really had to try and expand and play a way we haven't played before. So I think you know the way to balance it was just to have kind of the mixture of the two, you know. Great. All right. Well, thanks so much for your time, and uh, we look forward to seeing you here in uh, in Vancouver. Yeah, it'll be a good time, man. I appreciate the uh, the help with the interview. See, even though I started the interview late, he was still appreciative of the interview, which I found very nice. It was very polite of uh, of uh, Ben. It is Ben, right? I, I call everyone Ben lately. Yeah, it is Ben. Uh, ben Horowitz of uh, the Gaslight Anthem. And um, they will be doing two shows in the area. They'll be doing the um, back... Uh, the UBC Welcome Back Barbecue, there it is, um, which I believe is on Friday, Friday the 10th. They will be doing um, a big, a fancy performance for UBC students only, I'm afraid, um, to uh, to celebrate going back to, to school. Uh, that'll be in uh, McInnes Field. I have no idea what time. I think there's a link uh, from CITR.ca that... Uh, uh, 2 o'clock. There it is. See, I'm just looking at the website. Um, September 10th from 2 till 8 p.m. I don't think they'll be performing uh, from 2 until 8 p.m., but somewhere in that uh, chunk of time they will be here. And then if you're not a UBC student and you're not able to, to see the uh, Welcome Back Barbecue, you can uh, check them out at the uh, the Commodore. And uh, oh, here it is, which is on September the 11th, which, which is uh, Saturday. Uh, that starts at 7 p.m. Uh, as I said, it's the Commodore Ballroom uh, on Granville Street. Uh, it's a 19-plus uh, show. And uh, I don't know if you can get tickets. Where can you get tickets? Find tickets, yeah. If you just look up... Um, where did I go to get this? I went to their MySpace page. And uh, from their MySpace page, the uh, the Gaslight Anthem, if you if you go type that into Google and go to MySpace, uh, there will be a link to get tickets uh, from there. So... Um, there you have it. There's a lot of laughter. Can you hear that laughter? There's way too much fun being had at the station. You should come. You should. You should come check out some of this fun. We're still uh, at six o'clock now. We still have one hour left for the uh, the open house. You should come by. Uh, no one has been brave enough to actually sit into the studio with me and uh, and talk. But I mean, I guess that's not surprising for people who have never done any radio. Didn't stop me. But that's a whole other story. All right, we're going to take uh, a little break, and uh, when we come back, we... Ah, oh, this is exciting. We'll talk to Die Roten Punkte, um, which are two German punk rock megastars who are in doing a world tour right now and they are stopping over at the Vancouver Fringe Festival um, starting I believe Thursday the festival starts on Thursday I don't know if they have a show on Thursday but they'll be here the festival is from Thursday for the next um, two weeks basically and um, you'll be able to see uh, Die Roten Punkte in all their glory so we'll hear from them after the break UBC's Museum of Anthropology displays long-term and visiting exhibits of indigenous art from around the world, and guided tours are free. Our permanent collection features one of the world's finest exhibits of Northwest Coast First Nations art. 
Our collection includes 36,000 ethnographic pieces, 535,000 archaeological pieces, and over 600 pieces in the Kroner Ceramics Gallery. There's a lot to take in. Luckily at the Museum of Anthropology, final exams are always take home. If you've never checked out this world-class facility, now's your chance. The Museum of Anthropology is located right on campus and free for all UBC students and faculty. Come enjoy our collection and resources. Learning Exchange Trek program wants you to get involved in your community. Learn about important social issues while volunteering at inner city schools or nonprofit organizations. You'll also get to meet other UBC students in a fun and supportive environment. See how your talent and skills can make a difference in your community. Participate throughout the term or during reading week. Check out www.learningexchange.ubc.ca/citr to find out more. Hello, you're listening to The Arts Report on CITR 101.9 FM. I'm Adam Janusz. I have some sad news to report. Um, today there was going to be a show at uh, The Cult that, uh, that featured a Brazilian band called Garotas Suecas. And um, um, they were crossing the border earlier this afternoon and uh, were stopped and they were not permitted to cross into Canada by, by Canada Customs uh, Agency. Uh, they, were, they were not allowed into our country. And so they will not be able to perform their show uh, tonight. We did. We were going to have an interview with them. And if you see uh, citr.ca, if you see the the arts report uh, post, um, it's definitely it was on the list. But um, uh, they they're not gonna they're not gonna make it. I mean, uh, the show will go on in uh, in some in. Uh, We'll still go on. I mean, there is a there is a headliner. They were the opening act. Um, the name of the the headliner escapes me. I'll I'll tell you in a moment. But um, but yeah, isn't that isn't that kind of sad? I mean, it's a it's a rock band. I mean, why would a rock band not be allowed into Canada? It's not like a rock band would would arouse the suspicion of of government officials. But um, but there you have it. Um, just to, just to remind you, we uh, still have. Uh, we still have a, a few things on the show left, uh, including uh, an acoustic performance uh, by Rodney D. Crew of the song Queen Mary Trash. Uh, so we'll play that at the end of the show. Uh, we're going late, if you haven't noticed already. We're going late until 6.30 uh, today because of uh, the open house. Um, Frank's show... Um, before mine uh, went a bit into into my time, and I get to go uh, quite a bit into Real to Real, which isn't playing today. Um, so we'll hear about the uh, square dance at the Kulch, but first, but first we have Die Roten Punkta, which is a German supergroup that, uh, strangely enough, doesn't play um, doesn't play in concert halls or or uh, dingy bars. They play at um, at the Fringe Fest. They 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 tour the Fringe Circuit. It's as though they are a play. 
Um, I, don't, I don't know. It doesn't quite make sense to me. But anyway, they've uh, they've been going across Canada. They they started their tour in Sydney, Australia. They went to the UK. They were in North Carolina. They they were even in well, even they were uh, particularly in Germany at the Ruhrfest Spiele, and uh, as well as in New York. And they've been coming across Canada steadily from Montreal and uh, and Winnipeg and Edmonton, I believe. And in Winnipeg, they were chosen as the um, the pick of the fringe, the best show of the fringe. So we'll ask them how they they feel about uh, being the pick of the fringe. We'll also. Um what else will we talk to them? We'll talk to them uh, about what are their, their musical influences, uh, their new album, which is called Kunstrock, which means uh, art rock. And uh, we'll also talk about my shoes, strangely enough. What does that mean? Let's find out. Uh, Astrid and Otto, welcome to the Arts Report. Adam, Hi, thank Adam. you for having us here in this cool studio. At UBC. Yeah, and when I say cool, I don't mean cold. It's 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 warm, but like you, call, you walk down this little... Uh, you know, cool corridor. Yeah, and you're like in this cool cave. This graffiti. <laughs> yeah, with like boots. And, um, you know, CDs, and it's yeah. all rock and roll. And there's this tiny little studio, and Adam is here with yeah. cool shoes. <laughs> I came for cool. Yeah, zips with no zips. They have zippers without any zippers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah thanks for having us here. It's a pleasure. Thanks for making it all the way from Germany to, to Vancouver. Although I should say you're you're on tour. You're slowly making your yeah, way we across have. Canada. We are. We, yeah. Well, we started. We went to the UK first. Mm -hmm. Back. No, we went to Sydney. Sydney Did in Australia. Our manager yeah. keeps putting us in comedy festivals. Yeah, it's a bit weird. In yeah. a bit weird comedy rock group. Yeah for rock and roll concerts, yeah. you know. We won Best Comedy in Victoria. They just keep laughing at us. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. We can hear them laughing and stuff. I think stuff. they're all on drugs. I don't mind. Just, just laugh. Yeah. People yeah. do act strangely on drugs. As long as they're having yeah. fun, you know. They were having fun. Yeah. Yeah, so... And in Winnipeg, you uh, were picked as the, the best of the French. Yeah. Yeah. You know what this means. <laughs> it actually means you sold more tickets than anyone else. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah and then it's they and then because of that they give you an extra show. Yeah. <laughs> to sell even more tickets. Uh, I think you guys are being modest. No, it is. It's, it's actually true. it's just popularity. Yeah. It's not it's, it's not actually anyone thinks we're the best. Yeah, but that says something too. I mean if, if people are, are you know, breaking down the door to get to your show and, yeah. and selling out, then it must be good. It must be good. It's yeah. it's a nice feeling because it means we're like the cool kids. The cool. Yes, well, in Winnipeg, to be fair, that's not very hard. <laughs> Have you been to Winnipeg? <laughs> no, I haven't. You, you would be surprised, you there, know. Yeah, there are really? some cool places. It's very yeah. hip. Yeah. You know, Asad, not all of it. She has been in Pockets. trouble there, you know. Really? Because, what do you mean? Well, you know, she was in drug and alcohol no, rehabilitation no, I, center. I went away mm -hmm. and, on holiday. You know, a lot of that was from people she met in Winnipeg. Yeah, is that a right? There's a great bar there called the Albert. Wow. Yeah, is and it, it has alleys. Albert. Maybe something. I just, just Albert. I remember. Yeah, she wow. was. There was a picture of her on, on the front of the newspaper, <laughs> and she was lying. I was having a great time. In the gutter. <laughs> it's a cool place. You and, should come and party with me there. Yeah. <laughs> they even do breakfast. You can stay there all night and then have breakfast. <laughs> have you done that? Have you was, stayed there yeah, yeah. breakfast? I kind of live there when I'm in Winnipeg. It was a bad photo. She was lying in a pool of sick. No, no, it, it <laughs> wasn't. It was it was tahini from my falafel. I don't think there was at all. It was. It fell out. Of the, you know when you buy a falafel and... Okay, guys, please, okay. Let's, let's try to stay focused Sorry. on the interview. Okay. Um, so, uh, tell me about the new album, Kunsthock. Yes! Kunsthock, art rock. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's just great. You know, we're really proud. We haven't actually recorded the whole thing yet. We're still actually in the middle ah. we've we've made two songs uh and they're a little more arty you know mm. like singing notes that we never even would think of singing before but yeah. we're taking risks with this album yeah. you know and in and the show there's like a whole mini rock opera in six parts yeah really called grunewald yeah yeah and uh 
And also, I sing a song called Second Best Friend. Yeah. With loops. Loops, yeah. You know, like we 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 decided it was would be cool if Astrid could, uh, you know, just get out the front Rock and out like peaches, you know, oh, yeah, okay. and not have to play drums. Have someone else already done it. Yeah, so we use loops. We use the loops for that. Mm, yeah. And uh, tell me a bit about your sort of uh, your process in, in when you, when putting an album together. Um, for this one, I mean, this one is still this sort of one coming had a together. Very long process. <laughs> yeah, it's still going. In fact, it was uh, amazing because we used all all this money that we made from the last album and just spent it all. Yeah, we we know. we got this this musical scientists to uh, build a, like a musical laboratory. It was horrible. It was amazing. Like a small concrete room. Yeah, underground. Wow. Yeah, it was. But and they put it miles away. Yeah, like no in, distractions in at all. It yeah. was awful. Yeah, I was and, all alone with yeah. Otto. And uh, <laughs> I was reading a lot of. Uh, Brian Eno. Out loud. And, <laughs> now uh, you say you were you were alone. You you were stuck together. Yeah, I wonder what your relationship. What, what is? How do you get along when you're on tour? Because there's a lot of stops. It's it can be quite stressful to tour from place to place. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it is difficult for us, but you know, um, you know, Astrid, you know, she has always been like a, a mother figure no, to I me. No, I'm not. And uh, no, I, she, no, she's just always, you know, looking out for me and. Now I have a chance to look after her because she has had some problems. No, you are not looking after me. I am having fun yeah. and doing my thing. Yeah. And you can do your thing. Yeah, I know. That's how it goes. Yeah, but you know, like it, it has. It's been. You gotta admit, it's been like hard for you. Anyway, we did this thing called the, creative development for three months in this mm -hmm. tiny room, and our Otto just kept making us listen to sounds over yeah. and over again. That, that's what Brian Eno says. Get inspired by yeah, little, sounds. little sounds, and you know, you, you little, even just little random things. You know, is that you is think. that one of your influences on this album, Brian Eno? Oh, he's huge. He's really. He's like the. So gatekeeper of art rock, you know, he he understands music in a way that Otto uh, doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to understand it like him. Yeah, so finally I had to say, come on, you know, we should be writing some songs. Yeah, and that's when we actually got into doing the proper work. But it's okay. been great. So all, all the songs are written, and we made videos for two of the songs. Yeah. One is uh, the first one is Burger Store dinosaur. dinosaur. It's about a dinosaur who works in a in a burger store. Yeah. And he's not very happy. You know, mm -hmm. so he saves all his money. He keeps counting his money. Yeah, and he he goes to live in Spain and yes. goes to art college. Yeah. And uh, he he meets a, a girl, a dinosaur. Yeah. And they hang out and they, they have go lots on of a dinosaur date. Sex. No, they don't. They do. It doesn't. Where does it say in the song they do it's that? In the subtext. <laughs> They, there is no line that says they go out, they no, hang out. No, but that out. is why it's called art rock because it's arty. It's it's implied. It is not. It just it, he meets her mother and they go That's, on a few dates. It doesn't say that out. in the in the song either. But it's clear. It's no. clear. They, okay, let, let me let me uh, stop you there. Uh, as a last question, I'd like to know what uh, what does D Rotenpunkte listen to? What's on your iPod? Hannah Montana, perhaps? No, oh, no. Yeah. But I do quite like that song, The Climb. It's so inspirational. Is that one of her songs? Yeah, it's familiar. the climb. It's not. It's, it's not <laughs> one of my favorite songs. Those people songs at home, if you if you listen, uh, our music is very different to that. I grew up listening to um, like the Pixies and um, Iggy Pop, David Bowie yeah. and the Ramones and stuff like that. And now, Randy. I really like uh, Beirut. There's a band called Beirut. You know them? Mm -hmm. They're great. And uh, Tokyo Police Club. I've been mm. listening to the latest Arcade Fire CD. Oh, that's amazing. That's really yeah. great. You should be proud, Canada. Yeah, Pro we are. You're producing some great bands. I know. And uh, what about the White Stripes? How do you feel about them? 
That great. We it's so amazing that whole thing. You know, it's like they keep following us around. You know. Do you think that they take some inspiration from you? Well, I'm not sure. I I think it it could be just a big coincidence mm. that they are brother and sister. It's mm. like we were in Berlin and they were in Detroit, and one day someone Astrid actually she said to me, "Have a look at this." There is this band. Brother, sister. They are but brother they are and sister. They are not brother, sister. You know, they just pretend. Yeah, oh. that's. So would you go so as so far as to say that you are more authentic than the White Stripes? Well, we are brother and sister. That's right. That's and true. They are not. Yeah. Yeah, and they also play big instruments. We play mini instruments. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, Otto tried to play big guitars, but his hands are too small. That's no. That is not the reason. You like to also sleep with the guitar. That's why. And, yeah. And the I, guitar was too big. Yes. I, bruises. I like to sleep with my guitar just in case I get a, an idea in the middle of the night. I like to jump straight over to uh, whatever capturing device that I have. Sometimes it's my computer. Sometimes it's like just a little uh, re small recording thing, a piece of paper. I have a guitar like oh. next to my body. Fascinating. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, that's all the time we have. Oh. But, Jiro uh, and Punkta, we uh, look very forward to your show in Vancouver. Um, yeah. Thanks, all, Adam. All the best. Come and rock Woo. and performance work yeah. with us. Okay. See you on Granville Island. And that was Otto and Astrid of uh, Die Houten Punkte, which, by the way, means uh, the red spots. And uh, as you heard in that interview, you may be surprised to learn the uh, Hannah Montana fans. Well, at least Otto was. Um, Astrid, not so much. And um, and as you heard, a bit of beef there, a bit of um, a bit of a rock rivalry um, between uh, Die Roten Punkte and the White Stripes, uh, with uh, them saying that they're, they're they're more authentic. They are more real they are the real thing and the white stripes uh, are just uh, are fake they're not even brother and sister they they uh, they're a fraud they're basically a fraud and uh, the D wrote and puncta are the real thing so um, the show begins uh, very soon ah September 10th it begins on uh, Friday they have a, a show at 8:50, and then on the 11th 12th 14th 17th and 18th and uh, if you it's very convenient if you want to uh, buy tickets or uh, just read up a bit more about this play or any other uh, at uh, the fringe festival um, then all you have to do is come to our website citr.ca and um, under the arts report uh, post uh, just click on the word d roten puncta it says uh, German supergroup, die Roten Punkte, and um, you just click on uh, click on that, and it will take you directly to the event details page on the Fringe website. Uh, speaking of the Fringe, we uh, will be doing a live broadcast next Wednesday. The Arts Report will be live from 4 till 6 p.m. Um, at the Fringe box office, which is Kitty Corner to the Market. It's uh, you know that corner where the the market is and the uh, Waterfront Theater. And uh, the Van City Bank Machine, yeah, we'll be right in front of the Van City Bank Machine uh, on the street doing um, all kinds of um, fun hijinks. So uh, join us. Join us for that. Come down to Granville Island. We'll give free stuff away. Just say, hey, I heard you last week, so I came down. Where's my T-shirt? And uh, we'll give you one. Um, Okay, so we have uh, one more uh, segment, and then uh, we will play a lovely acoustic performance of Queen Mary Trash. But first, this... Um, ooh, that was almost smooth. But first, this ad for Sweet and Hot. Hello, Micro. We're at 8,000 feet. Television cold, and I'm bored stiff. What about putting on a hot Granville record to cheer me up? Hello? 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 
Hello, fellas. This is Duke Ellington. Ah, uh, get it. Boys, let's get sweet and hot. In the opinion of hot music critics, Count Basie has one of the best dance orchestras in the country. King of the clarinet, Artie Shaw, and his orchestra making dance history in the blue room of the Hotel Lincoln in New York City. Every Thursday from 10 till noon, join me, your host, Charles Burnham, for Sweet and Hot, a celebration of the 78 RPM record, a three-minute masterpiece, and the golden age of North American songwriting. Hot jazz, swing, and popular music from the 1920s, 30s, and 40s. That's every Thursday from 10 till noon, here on CITR 101.9 FM. The Kulch is putting on a square dance, and uh, you'll get to take in all the uh, the swinging action um, uh, soon. Oh, dang, I don't have a date in front of me. But to tell us all about it um, is uh, Heather Redfern, who is, of course, the executive director of uh, the Vancouver East Cultural Centre, and she uh, explains to me how the heck... Um, uh, an East Vancouver cultural place um, suddenly decided to have um, square dancing in the middle of the city. Okay, let's talk about this uh, second annual community square dance. Um, For somebody who's going to to show up on the day of, what what do they expect? Well, um, first of all, they don't need to know how to square dance because uh, uh, the band teaches them how to square dance. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. What we do, it's very fun, is because you know how big the cult is, right? We put the band over the seats, and then we use the stage as the dance floor. Okay. Yeah, which is really fun. So do you build a little mini... We build a little mini platform over the seats for the band to play on. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Wow, that's creative. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun, actually. It's a great way to have a dance. It's it's so much fun. They go through the moves. They get you to practice them, and then they play, and everybody just goes for it. It's great. And it's done in sort of 10-minute uh, segments? Exactly, okay. exactly. And so you're always moving on to a new tune and a new a new sequence of, uh, of moves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all, definitely all ages. We had so many kids here last year. We have the art bus outside. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what they've got in store for the kids this year, but last year they were making um, fringe cowboy vests out of brown paper shopping bags. <laughs> wow, okay. And decorating them. Okay, tell me a little more about the uh, art bus. So the art bus is, um, it's a bus, so like a school bus. And uh, basically the kids can go in there and they've got all kinds of art supplies and they can um, make uh, a wearable for the square dance. And they can, and we, you know, if the weather's nice, we leave the door open, they can go back and forth between the bus which is parked right outside the front door and into the dance and or into the lobby where we have you know refreshments available and that kind of thing so mm-hmm. now beyond uh, just the fun of dance what is the, what is the point of this like is this a fundraiser is it just a no, sort of it, bonding it, it's experience it's a community thing? event it mm-hmm. isn't it isn't a fundraiser and that i mean it's 
free or by donation essentially we have a suggested donation of ten dollars but really it's just about uh, we we want to do an event that's for the community that's accessible to everyone it's just a great way to kick our season off remind everyone we're still here and that uh, you know the culture belongs to all of us and they're welcome to come in and and have some fun with us and so what you're hoping is that through the the sort of strangers coming together in in the square uh, you're hoping for some sort of community bonding exactly exactly great and um, I'm just curious where where such a such an idea came from how did square dancing at, in East Vand where where's the inspiration for this the inspiration came from uh, Corbin Murdoch who's our youth program uh, manager and uh, he saw this band uh, do a square dance and uh, at, at another location and he just brought it in and he said this would be so fun for us to do and everybody went oh yeah it just makes perfect sense I can't wait and so uh, that's 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 how it happened so uh, shout, uh, you know, and Charmaine, they're great, and <laughs> <laughs> and it's really fun. Great, and and so the first one was last year. This is now the second one, and uh, you're planning to just keep right on rolling in the future, right? Well, the reason we're able to do it this year um, is because the car co-op is sponsoring it. So you know that that makes it fantastic because they're covering all the costs and that kind of thing. And quite frankly, our budget is such right now that um, unless those costs get covered, we can't afford to do anything that uh, so uh, that that is free for the community so this is a great way for the car co-op to really support the community as well great thanks so much for telling me about it okay thank you and that's Heather Redfern, the executive director of uh, the Culch. Um, what I love about Heather is her her full laugh. She just she, when she just starts laughing, it just she just rolls along so merrily. It's uh, it is a joy to listen to. Um, so the Culch Community Square Dance uh, is uh, taking place on Friday, September 10th, and will begin at 7 p.m. and go on until 10, perhaps longer if the uh, the country vibe kind of takes over the place. Who knows? It might go all night long. Um, and it will feature the local string band Shout, White Dragon. That's a great name. And uh, professional dance caller Charmaine Slavin. She's the one who's who's saying, turn your partner, do si do I don't know if she'll have that ridiculous accent, but uh, she'll definitely be doing... Uh, the calling. So, uh, yeah, sounds like a very unique experience and a great way to meet your neighbors and, and fellow community um, people. Uh, so check that out if you if you can. So uh, this is the end of our program. It is 627. Wow, I feel like uh, a kid staying up uh, up late. Um, we, we've never gone this far in, but uh, because of the open house, which uh, still has half an hour to go, if you're listening on campus, uh, come and get your free tour at uh, CITR. But because of the, uh, the, the open house, we've uh, had slightly different uh, hours. So, um, but even still, we've had more than an hour show today. It was an extended show. It worked out well for me. I had so much content. Um, thank you so much for listening. If you've missed any piece of uh, the show today, the podcast will be up very soon, in approximately two hours. Um, all the links that you need are on uh, the CITR uh, website. All you have to do is go to citr.ca and there will be a post from today's uh, arts report and it has links to all the uh, events that I've, uh, that I've featured on today's show as well as a link to the podcast page. 
I uh, I understand we had some some problem with the live stream today. Uh, I apologize for that. Um, so the podcast is your best uh, bet. Um, but you probably don't know that if you had trouble with the stream because you you couldn't you couldn't hear. It. But anyway. Um, also, uh, check us out on uh, on Twitter. Why you say? Because uh, on Twitter we we give uh, little um, uh, teasers about uh, upcoming shows, so you know um, you know what band or what play is coming up on on uh, an upcoming show. And then we also give reminders. So when Friday rolls around, we we send tweets uh, tweets about uh, what's happening tonight. You know, if it's Friday, we say, hey, there's a thing at seven o'clock. Go to it. Go to the square dance today. It starts at seven. Um, so if you forget about uh, the segments, you can um, you can. Find Find out about them on Twitter. So join us. It's C-I-T-R underscore Arts Report. All right. So uh, as promised, uh, we'll now have um, an acoustic performance of Queen Mary Trash, which is Rodney D. Cruz uh, from his album Queen Mary Trash, his double album uh, extravaganza. And uh, this was done in our uh, in our studio uh, C um, yesterday. So um, thanks for listening, and uh, catch you next week. I'm Adam Janusz, signing off for the Arts Report. And uh, next, uh, what do we have next? Shameless. 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 Shameless is coming up next. Okay. Well, this song's called Queen Mary Trash, and uh, it's uh, obviously the title track off the record. And I wrote it while I was in Montreal recuperating from a broken heart. <laughs> Don't you hate it when you realize, like, you know, as much as you try, you can't escape some of life's cliches. <laughs> I guess so. And that's this. That's what this song's kind of about, like, because one of the lines in the song is, uh, you know, on the other side of love where everything turns cheap. Like, that realization, that disillusionment afterwards, that not only, like, okay, that yeah, this hurt, but I've become a cliche. <laughs> I've become a cliche, no! <laughs> Sarah's in the tavern Man, she likes those creeps Where's a parka and three sweaters Says she hates the heat Sweat drops hit the table As she counts out her cash Yeah, the boys, they all call her Miss Queen Mary Trash Took my guitar to the pawn shop I drank till half past two Sarah, well, she kept on smiling She reminded me of you On the other side of love Where everything turns cheap it's winter time in Montreal I'm down on the Carey Street Over at the cafe Where the losers sit and stare There are reading Leonard Cohen here the churches are all empty 
There's nothing left to say You never were a sailor And I never learned to pray Took my guitar to the pawn shop I drank till half past two Sarah, well, she kept on smiling She reminded me of you On the other side of love Where everything turns cheap It's winter time in Montreal I'm down on the Cary Street I went and walked four hours Up old St. Joe's Hill Repeating all them hurtful words And eating small white pills I saw a pilgrim climbing on his knees Up those long steep stairs I thought of Sarah weeping in her poverty of care Took my guitar to the pawn shop I drank till half past two Sarah, well, she kept on smiling She reminded me of you 